Today, I am talking to Ali Camaletti of Spark Your Mindset and the Snack Leadership Podcast. And this is a follow-up from last week's episode when I was talking about getting prepared for the summer and a high season of busyness. And we were talking about all the practical things you need to put in place and ensure that you're ready for the season. This week, we're talking about the soft skills, the skills that your staff and you need to make this high season, this summer, a pleasant one as much as you possibly can, how to reduce stress and how to do some self-care. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I am super delighted to be back with you once again. So, 10 days ago, we had the most amazing storm go through southern Ontario, and it's what is called a derecho. I'd never heard of one of these before. I've heard of hurricanes and tornadoes and downbursts and things, but this is called a derecho. And the definition of a derecho or how to achieve derecho status, a storm has to be of a certain size. And this storm was definitely of a certain size. It was more than, it covered more than a thousand kilometers. And as one weather pundit likened it to was like an army, and lots of little armies in a long, long line, a thousand kilometer line, driving through the front lines and mowing everything down along the way. So I know in the States you experience these weird storms a lot. We're not that used to them in Ontario. And and this was something else. I got not quite caught up in it. I was in cottage country viewing a cottage. I was down on a dock taking photographs of the black sky saying, I'm not going to use this on the listing, but it really is neat to see when somebody from above us at the cottage yelled and said, you know, there is an alert. You've got to take cover. And we went dashing up this gravel pathway. It was very steep and I'm very fortunate that I'm fit because by the time we got to the top, this really, really still day, was it was just very weird. And then we heard what sounded, you know, that, that traditional thing, that, that thing you, you hear. It sounded like a train, a freight train coming. And we just got into the house, into the cottage, when all hell broke loose. And it was, you know, there was debris going everywhere, tree branches coming down, and you could not see out of the windows. So it lasted about 15 minutes. By the time I finished my exploration of this lovely property and got back in my car and drove down the road, uh, there were just trees and debris absolutely everywhere. But I didn't have a clue at that time, you know, how widespread this was until we started hearing from some of our cottage owners who were expecting guests to say, I'm sorry, we, we cannot have those guests come in 
today or tomorrow. We're going to be without power for a week to 10 days. There are trees down across roads. You cannot get to the properties. It was, it was devastating for some. One of our owners lost an entire cottage. She has two cottages on her property. Fortunately, we had, or she had moved a family out of a small cottage into a larger one because they had some extra people coming and the small cottage was entirely demolished. So it was like, you know, a thousand kilometers of little tornadoes and so much, so much damage. So the reason I mention it is that this, this comes into today's episode because we're talking about preparing for the summer. And like last week's episode, when I was talking about all the practical things that you can put in place to get ready for the summer, we also have to be very much aware of the people that are involved, whether they are our property owners or more importantly, for for this purpose, there are staff, the staff that have to deal with the fallout from things that happen, whether it be weather, you know, impact of weather. I mean, for us, 10 days ago, we only had a dozen properties occupied and only about six of them were in that particular area. We were able to follow up very quickly, but we still had to call guests who were expecting to go on vacation the following day to tell them that, I'm sorry, we've got nothing. We've got nowhere to put you because there is no power, meaning that there is no water coming into the property. And you know, unfortunately, we can't relocate you anywhere else because this is so widespread. So our staff are having to deal with that situation. And of course, there's for many property managers, for owners, there's other things to deal with like wildfires and evacuations and hurricanes. And all the time we are having to deal with unhappy guests, maybe distressed owners and maintain our sunny outlook and maintain our empathy in the face of sometimes anger, distress, disappointment, and general upset. And maybe that's okay for the odd occasion, but when this comes over and over again during the course of a summer and you're having to deal with so many of these things, we need to talk about the self-care that's involved in keeping our staff on an even keel, keeping them safe mentally, I guess, or preparing them mentally for what might come. So I am super pleased to have with me today, Ali Camaletti from Spark Your Mind and the Snack Leadership Podcast. Ali's been on the show before and we talked about self-care at that time, but we're going to come back to this again because she brings over 30 years of experience in, in our hospitality industry, and she focuses on leadership, helping leaders build their own resiliency and improve their performance. But she also helps them in that very primary role of coaching other people and helping their staff to develop their full potential. So without further ado, uh, and I know this is going to be a great conversation and very relevant to anybody that is leading people into a really busy summer. Let's move on over to my discussion with Ali Camaletti. Well, I'm super excited to have with me today, Ali Camaletti from Spark Your Mindset and the Snack Leadership Podcast. Welcome, Ali. Thank you so much for joining me again. 
Thank you, Heather. I'm so excited to talk today. I know. I know. I, I did this episode last week which was about getting ready for the high season. And it was full of all this practical stuff about setting up your text messaging and making sure all your listings are correct and all the amenities are just as they are described and having an emergency plan, etc. And what I did not touch on in the slightest was any of the soft skills that people need to deal with a long summer. And I know that after the last couple of years and I, my business partner at the end of last year he said do you know he said I am so burnt out I don't want to do this ever again and that just came back to mind as we're approaching you know another another season and we've put some things in place this year to alleviate that burnout we've taken on a couple of seasonal staff and we've sorted out our schedules to make sure that everybody gets some time off but that's probably about as far as we've gone. We've, we're sort of relying on the fact that our staff have been around for a lot of years and have seen everything there is to possibly see, we figure, and they'll be okay. And I think we will do that. And we forget that these people have feelings, they have emotions, and they could be just as burnt out as the principles of a company. So that is why I wanted to engage you to talk about how we can help our staff go forward, and ourselves, of course, go forward into this busy season? Well, first, kudos on giving them time off that they need, right? I think that we think that's important, but I just had a coaching with someone who was able to take off a week, and it was night and day from when she left. Uh It is so crucial that we take that downtime, get away from those screens, get away from the phones, get away from the constant interaction, and really have that downtime. I always said, like, everyone needs one week out of the year sitting on a beach doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, is that realistic? No. But still, I feel like that is super important. So good job. Yes. Well, originally, we had said to our staff, you, you know, uh, our season is June, July, August, September, so end of June to beginning of September. And you don't take time off during that time. And right. we, we've changed that and be, because it is, it's just not, it's not practical. We're not getting the full benefit of our staff by the end of August <laughs> if they haven't had any time off to breathe. And Yes, and I am even an advocate and some people out there will be like, don't let my staff hear this, but a four-day work week. Mm-hmm. Well, that balance... Yeah, we do. Our, our staff, and they, they decided on this. They, you know, they, they got together and, said, and came back to us and said, this is what we'd like to do because we work seven days a week. Yeah, instead of, sort of work, try, trying to fit everybody in through seven days a week, they wanted to have uh, every, every three or four weeks, they, they work right the way through a weekend, and then the following weekend they get four days off. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that is so smart of them. And whatever works for your company. Yeah. It's just, we need that downtime. Early on in the pandemic, and I know we're sick of talking about the pandemic that feels like it's never ending really, but it's just the reality of we do have to have these conversations. I looked at some information that talked about the waves of the pandemic, right? The first wave of the pandemic, the second wave, the financial stress, and then the third wave being mental health. I believe we are right in mental health right now. And that looks like for everybody, it's your staff, it's your guests, it's your Mm. vendors, everyone. 
And if they have not leaned into really good self-care, they're breaking. And that's where you're talking about this burnout, right? That is happening. And so whatever we can do for our staff to support them in that way of having time off, but it's also, I'll just go into a little bit of the pieces of building resilience is the Mm. best thing that you can do for your staff during these times, because this world isn't changing too much as we're seeing, right? We're having weather issues that I know that you just went through right now, my own community. We have some serious concerns about what the forest fires are gonna look like this year because we did not get enough water even though randomly we had a huge snowstorm two weeks ago. But it's just part of the weather shift that we're experiencing here. And one of the things that I loved uh, that we start off with resilience is challenging negative thoughts with positive. What I am hearing a ton across the board in multiple industries is that there's more gossip internally. And I got curious about this, and I have a podcast that I'm recording today that will be released in July about the topic And I started doing some research and implementing something called positive gossip. Now, my belief system is we have had, I don't know how many years, two years, right, of negativity. We're complaining about masks. We're complaining about COVID shots. We're complaining about COVID tests. We're complaining about our politics. So we have been inundated with negativity. And now we're shifting a little bit but the negativity is still there. We have had so much focus on negativity. So really flipping it to positivity. And I am a big advocate of this idea of my value is love, not fear in everything I do. And so I'm here to say, if you were able to dive into your team and really give them what they need with the focus of love, not fear of, I'm not going to have them at the end of the season because I'm going to burn them out. Uh Right. That that will help your mindset and it will also help them. And just being able to not be in such a place of mental health. And so, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to come back on a couple of things before, you know, I want to sort of touch on, to start with resilience, what actually resilience means. Um, Interesting that, you know, this is a real, this is a real off the wall thing. I've just got a, a, a brand new dog, a rescue dog from Egypt. She came four weeks ago. Awesome. And... We spent a lot of time with the rescue organization talking about cortisol, decompression, and the stress that she had been under. And I learned so much about cortisol in the system that, you know, it's a hormone that's the stress hormone that's released and the damage it can do if it stays in that dog's system for a long period of time. And I realized that this is exactly the same in humans. Um, yes. So I've been giving her, she's had four weeks of, of love and you know, lying around doing nothing as, so she could decompress. Every time she needed some space, she got her space and nobody bothered her. But we don't do this with people. And this was all about, you know, when I was talking to the uh, rescue people, all about helping her develop resilience. Yes. So it, it's really interesting that, you know, we're now talking about almost the same thing that I was doing with this rescue pup and trying to do it with our staff and not giving them anywhere near the amount of care and empathy and <laughs> in- encouragement to decompress as we do with a dog. <laughs> oh, I love that you brought that up. And you're bringing up that piece also of belonging, which is a huge piece of resilience. I was talking with a company that 
they have a huge influx of staff that comes in for the summer and they're actually bringing them through from another country and I asked, I said, what kind of team building are you doing? And he's like, oh, you know, we're doing it company-wide because they're in all departments. I said, can you do another level in your specific departments? And he's like, Allie, they're coming next week and we're going into the holiday. And I said, I get that. But let's talk about the stress they're coming in with. They're coming in from a different country. This community in itself is very family-oriented. They're not going to be around their family. So they're going to have the loss of that. And they're starting a new position that they're training on. Mm -hmm. Like those three pieces are high stress. And that's the piece of love of like, I don't want you to fear that they're not going to accept the training and they're not going to jump on and be on board and be as quick as you're expecting and you're going to need through the summer seasons. But let's go from that place of love of just really investing in them and making them feel a part of your team before the season starts because they're gonna operate better together if you do that. Yeah, I I'm completely agree with that. And of course, there's um, there's there's the other part of it where there are still a lot of companies like my own where everybody is working remotely still. Oh yeah. And you know, we, you talk about belonging, and I I mean we we are inducting two seasonal staff right now. Their second year university students on co-op programs i mean they've had odd jobs in restaurants before and you know in, in, in that server role but here we are putting them into a a fast pace customer facing environment where people aren't happy you know you pick up the phone you're not going to get a happy person on the end because people don't take time out in the middle of a vacation to call you up and say hey i'm having such a great time i just thought i'd let you know then you know <laughs> right. they're, they're going to call up because the water's not working, or there's some mouse droppings that they found, or something is missing. the The pedal boat wasn't there that we expected to be there, and I'm angry and I want to take it out on you because my family are taking it out on me. And we're we tend to expect that you know we bring in these people and they're working remotely. Okay, you go ahead and deal with this. So. I love this idea of doing that coaching and and helping them through in that induction, not just giving them the staff handbook and telling them how to work the system and how to how to feed something into a customer relation, uh, you know, the CSM and and how to and you know how to deal with support tickets. You've got to have more than that. Well, and especially being remote, right? Having them feel like part of that team mm -hmm. and. At the Chicago Verma conference, I sat in on a presentation where somebody had shared that they work remote, the whole company works remote, and they are on Zoom all day long. And I loved that because that's that feeling of connection, mm -hmm. right? We are humans. We're put on this earth to connect in a good way. And so we need that with our teams, that feeling of belonging and connection. And so that team building piece, the positive gossip, what was happening with one of the clients I was working with is she was just saying, yeah, they're nitpicking a lot. And so I shared this document I have, and it was an activity on positive gossip. And I gave her the option of picking through three different communication exercises for her team. And she's like, Ali, it's positive gossip. I'm gonna do a team building. And they did. And she said, she goes, it's a deal changer for my staff. It's amazing. And they're continuing. And the positive gossip concept is, instead of talking negative about people, you find something nice to say about one another. And they have these little pink slips that they give 
of saying something nice to one another. And so that's that combating of negative thoughts with positive thoughts, right? It's just like gratitude work. 30 days of gratitude. Mm -hmm. I have somebody I text every morning, friendly gratitude reminder for 30 days right now. And I saw her midway and she's making a shift too. I'm seeing it like positivity, positivity, the more we can do that. And that goes into looking at when we have situations that did not come out as successfully as we would have liked. Let's be open to that risk taking of talking about it and learning from it. Not shaming one another, but just being open about it. And I think that's really essential and people sometimes forget to do that. How, how do you address the argument that, that it's forced positivity? You know, hey, I'm putting on a happy face because I've been told I've got to put on a happy face, but really underneath I am a, a swirling, I've just got swirling emotions and, and I really want to be more negative. Well, I am a believer that you can fake it until you make it. I do believe it. I've practiced it, right? When I do my gratitude for 30 days, it's usually because I'm being negative. I'm like, whoops, I got to reset this, Sally. What the heck's going on? And I do every day, right? I really, like, I go to that place, though, if I feel it in my body of what I'm super grateful for. Mm -hmm. And anymore, it's just a practice that I do all the time. So uh, just just take us a little bit further into that practice of gratitude. Mm Hmm. It's everything. For me, I literally walk outside and I'm grateful for everything I see, mm-hmm. right? I'm grateful right now because the seasons are changing. It's going to be 70 this week. I mean, we had a low of 20 degrees just a few days ago and everything's blooming. The lilacs are blooming, right? My tulips didn't get eaten by the deer. I'm so excited about this this year. I actually got to see my tulips. And so... It's everything I do is gratitude for me. But I've also been practicing it. I don't know. I want to say I'm on six years of it. It's just something I do. Yeah, I I do exactly the same every day. I often use my drives when I'm going out and I'll drive down the highway and I'll think, what what shall I do? Shall I make a phone call to somebody? Shall I listen to a book? Or shall I just do the 10 things I'm grateful for? And and it could be, it's just, I'm so grateful for the seasons and that that snow goes and... (laughs) And we, right? get this, we get this beautiful green back. Or I am so grateful that actually I spend my winters in Alabama and I don't have to see the snow at all. But, it, you know, <laughs> there is, even, even, even at the worst of times, there is always something to be grateful for. And, but you, you, you actually remind me that this is something I haven't shared with my staff. I haven't taken it upon myself to, you know, on our when we're, we're all remote working as well. So we, we meet occasionally through Zoom, but we're on Slack just 100% of the time. Different Slack channels, there's a, there's a, water, there's a water cooler channel, which is always full of, <laughs> of just general chit chat and what the families have been doing. And hey, my, my daughter's getting married or we've, the grandchild has just cut the first tooth or that sort of thing. So we're always, we're always there. But I, so we meet every Wednesday and I've, I, th- I think, oh, wow. Maybe that's what I should do. Okay, just do around the table and go, what are you grateful for today? Absolutely. I had a committee of women that I was working with, oh, probably mm, seven years ago. And I noticed they were super negative. And I started off our meetings with what are you grateful for? 
it completely shifted the energy. Mm-hmm. Now they say that, and you, I'm sure know this with your background, that literally what happens is as we search for something to be grateful for, that's what's changing our brain. Mm-hmm. It's that piece. When it comes easy, it's not changing our brain as much, but it's the search for something and never repeating what we're grateful for. Yeah, I, I actually do repeat being grateful for <laughs> Alabama every winter. <laughs> but I find different aspects, different aspects of yeah. it to be uh, to be grateful for. And I know that you know everybody. Th- there are those who are. And I hate to say naturally negative, but perhaps have um, mm-hmm. become stuck in their negativity over the years. And I'm sure every everybody who's listening to this who has staff knows that person. They've got a person who is continuously negative. How do we deal with, with those people? Because they can sometimes bring down the rest of a team. I would say implementing that mindset of flipping it to the positive. So when they start complaining about something, talk about what you can learn from that situation mm-hmm. or go to that place of empathy, right? They're complaining about the person that's flipping out at that house because this ruined their vacation. Their car is now ruined from the tree that fell. And instead going to that place of, does anybody remember what these people came to experience on this trip? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but I remember that call because I booked them. And this was going to be their vacation with their 100-year-old grandmother. And so imagine the stress they're experiencing, that they had these huge expectations of this experience. And now they can't even get out of where they are because of the trees and their cars Mm -hmm. down. And this experience is not turning into loving this grandmother and being able to give her this experience, but stress. Can you imagine what that would be like? Yeah, I th- that that that's a great way to uh, to to deal with that, and and I think I think that that perspective can work on just about every angry or frustrated call that you get from from a guest, because we we train our staff to try and put themselves in the guest shoes. You know, you don't know what sort of a day they're having, you don't know if they've just heard some bad news, and you you just cannot in you cannot put yourself in their shoes because you cannot be them you just have to hear them out and reflect back to them and and have that empathy so with that in mind how do you help leaders to coach their teams in dealing with difficult people oh yeah this has come up a lot lately of the shifting from managing to coaching Mm -hmm. it's asking them questions right So talk to me about what happened. What do you think that they might have been experiencing? Can you remember your last worst day? How did you act? We have no idea what's going on with people. Mm -hmm. What do you think they might be experiencing? Oh, you're right. This lady did tell me yada, 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 right? Take them to that place of self-discovery. I have something that we call the four levels of learning where we're asking questions. And actually, it even applies with some of the leaders that I work with that have been experiencing some dissociative behaviors, which you are understanding of, and how to take them back to that places of the five senses to bring them back. But it's also trauma. And this whole trauma informed if we don't know anyone's trauma. Mm -hmm. And so... If you are trying to maybe bring an employee along that is 
negative or they're not moving along at the pace that you want them to. And you notice that they're completely checking out when you're communicating with them. There's something else going on. And always doing those reviews where they they review you, mm-hmm. where they can share with you. I don't like how you give feedback. Change how you give feedback. We always go in with a positive, but instead of going, you know, oh, this is so great. You're so great. But we really need to talk about this. Let's step back from it. Be heartfelt when you talk about what they're doing wonderful at. And then say, we have a couple opportunities I'm gonna, I want to talk about today. And I'm never a fan of, I call it the BS sandwich, where you leave them with the positive. Like, leave it with that and ask them how you can support them. Mm-hmm. And just holding space from them and being having compassion with the employee. <laughs> you know, I hear so much of like, I trained them. I don't understand. They're not getting it. And I was like, well, they only get 20% of their training. So that's pretty common, actually. Let's, you know, back it up here. I remember years ago doing, I can't remember, I was, I was doing a course on something and, and an expression came across that has never left me and it was the meaning of your communication is in the response you get. Took me <laughs> totally. It took me a lot of years to really understand what that actually meant. And, and it wasn't, I think I probably worked it through with my husband because I now say, say this to him all the time, you know, the meaning of your communication is in the response you get. So if, if you're not getting a good response from me, it could be that something you communicated was not done particularly well. But what that does is bring that uh, responsibility back, doesn't it, to the person who yes. is delivering the communication. We have to look at ourselves first. And it is that piece of we as leaders need to be healthy. Mm-hmm. That's and a, that you're is, great at practicing this. Yeah, this is a good segue into, you know, it starts from the top in self-care. It always starts from the top. Now, if you as a leader are in that healthy place, right? You're getting your exercise. You're getting out. <laughs> Tim Cafferty, when I was on Sarah and T, we had talked about self-care. And he had shared later on one of the best things that he did is he implemented what I talked about is opening up his calendar and he started golfing. (laughs) So when I saw him in Chicago, I was like, how's your golf game? He's like, what? And I'm like, how is your golf game? (laughs) Right. And he looks at me, goes, Allie, everybody wants to know about revenue. I'm like, I don't really care about your revenue, Tim. How are you doing? (laughs) And he was just kind of taken back. He's like, you took me back. I didn't really know what to say because I was so in that mindset. But if we at the top can be balanced, then we can communicate better to our team. We're that model and it flows down, right? We know that if our team is healthy, it flows to the guests, Mm -hmm. the money comes. And how many times have we heard of companies that are so focused on that darn money, they're forgetting of those other pieces that are foundational for making that money come? Well, you know, that's that's where this discussion with you came from. Because I was so focused on practicalities and operational stuff and, you know, making sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted and separating it entirely from the emotional aspect of it and the people skills that need to be involved to ensure that all that happens. So it's, it's, it's just so primary, isn't it, that, that yes. we, deliver, we deliver that message down to our staff and those of you out there listening that don't have staff, you know, you are 
out there independently doing your own thing this is a this you know just listen to this because it's about the self-care what you'd be coaching your staff in you're coaching yourself in it's so true and i see it i'm very aware of myself and how i act and having uh, my daughter's turning five so she's making that shift you know with your grandchild that at five they change a little bit which is nice but uh it's knowing that when i'm stressed it comes out in my communication with her and so I need to be my best version of myself to show her mm-hmm. what that looks like. And it's just modeling as leaders. Let's model a healthy lifestyle. If they see us as leaders, like when on my morning jog, I'm not available until 930. That's just how my schedule works. And they see the importance of like, wow, you know, that person's always really well balanced. They're my mentor. Maybe I need to implement a little bit of that in my life, whatever it looks like. If you're not a morning person, doing it in the afternoon, but making sure that you were getting in that nature. Like that's a big part of resilience is making sure you're hitting on that time out in nature. It's essential. I, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that one. Yeah. I would love, I would live outside if I could. Me too. <laughs> that, that's, that's why winters in Alabama, you know, if winters in Ontario, you know, you are indoors unless you like the you know, freezing everything off. Uh, so yeah, heading south gives that time outdoors. And, and it is so important. I'm, I'm amazed actually, you see the sort of self-help gurus out there that they're now espousing outdoor, get outside. Um, forest bathing is an expression that I, <laughs> I learned recently. I don't know if, that's, if it comes from Germany or some Scandinavia. Sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but doctors prescribing forest bathing. Where you Love are. it. And all it is is going out and being in nature and just spending time in a forest or in a meadow or wherever you can get to. So, yeah, that's, that's super important. Um, I'm going to have to go back to practicals, you know, about <laughs> handling different... Tell me, yes. Handling, well, it's sort of practical, but it's, it's not, you know. So that phone call comes in and somebody starts to yell at the other end. And I had this, I had this last summer. I have not forgotten this. It was an Irish lady and she talked 10 to the dozen. She just never stopped talking. I couldn't, I couldn't get in there, except I knew what I had to do was not get in there and yep. just let them puke, let them do their thing. Did I, was I doing that right? Absolutely. I say, first, we let them vent. Let them vent. And if it's starting to trigger you, right, you're feeling it maybe in your chest, then as they're venting, you can do deep breathing exercises. Breathe in, hold a four count. I used to do this exercise where I would see when I would breathe in, visualize a heart opening And then as I would breathe out, it would then deflate as an exercise. You can still do that while you listen to them and take notes. And then when they do stop, it's okay to give a little bit of time. And they might even be like, are you still there? And you say, yes, I'm taking notes. I want to make sure I understand everything you're saying completely. And then we always go to empathy. I say we empathize before educate. Our biggest challenge is we want to fix it first because you want to calm the crazy that might be happening. It won't work. It is a bit of what we talked about last time of hanging out in that emotional place before we try to bridge to the logical place in their brain 
they won't be able to go logical if they're still in that emotional state. And that's why the key is to let them vent as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And avoid the, you get to that quiet space, then you go, do you have anything else to say? (laughs) No, it's okay to repeat and say, first, I'm so sorry that you're having this experience. I really want to make sure I understand everything correctly. And then you can list. Mm -hmm. If I understand you correctly, the tree fell on the car. There's trees down in the road. Is there anything else I need to know? Go to that place. I believe in going to that place. Ask that question. Yeah. Um, it, you, you mentioned that feeling. I mean, every, people feel that, that feeling in different places. You know, you said it might be in the chest. It might be in the stomach. And you get that knotted feeling in the stomach. And I know that's, that's where I get it. It's just, it, and, and it's a little bit of adrenaline flowing through. And, and it's everybody's independent way of hearing that stress from somebody else. And it, and it will impact physically. So I love the idea of just breathing while just focusing on breathing while they're venting. Because if you allow people to do that, then they will probably go a lot go on for quite a while. So after that, you've let them vent, you've taken some notes, you've offered the empathy, perhaps reflected back to them what they've, they've told you. What next? Then it's options. Yeah. We have been in a time of people don't have control. They don't have power. We're going to give them their power back, give them options. And I do believe it's okay, which some people might argue with this, to say, I want to do some more research. Can I get back to you after I've done some more research? If they're like, oh, what the heck am I supposed to do, Heather? This is a new one, right? Mm -hmm. But we feel so quick to have to give resolution. No, it's okay to ask for time. Yeah, I like that. And I think think that's helpful for, for most for most situations as well, just to step back, get off that phone and allow everybody just to calm down a little bit and then come back with the, with those options. So that that's great. I want to go back. I'm jumping about here a bit because I've got some notes <laughs> here and, and I'm thinking that we didn't cover off absolutely everything at the outset. So I just want to go back to building re- resilience because you need that ta- yeah, to have yeah. that resilience before you get into dealing with these things. So can we, can we just explore building resilience a little bit more? What yes. Does it take so I want to go to the next, the next piece is cultivating hobbies. Okay. Everybody should have some type of hobby. And to me, binging on Netflix and eating ice cream is not a hobby. Oh. That is numbing. <laughs> I know. It's okay to do it once in a while, but that's numbing. Drinking a bottle of wine at the end of the night is not a hobby. That's numbing. And so really making sure that you have something that's feeding your self where you're not feeling like you're just working all the time. I love puzzles. Mm-hmm. I love them. And I've just been able to implement them again because my daughter's not at an age where she's just going to destroy it. And she respects the puzzle and sometimes even helps. But that I call it puzzle therapy mm-hmm. because it allows me quiet time of focusing on something else. And my mind can spin through the day and work through what actually happened. But it's just that quiet, not having screen time. For other people, it's knitting, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but doing something that you love. 
And I'm also a big fan and what they talk about with resilience is having different experiences. So I was able to do a girl's trip last weekend, which I was so excited about. I was able to pull my camper (laughs) seven hours one way. And we went up to the Gorge Amphitheater and saw Stevie Nicks. It was my heaven for me to be able to be outside for the weekend with my girlfriends and see live music. I couldn't have asked for anything better. Like that is going to feed me for a while. But doing things that you love, whatever that is, horseback riding, going on hikes, lean into different hobbies. And if you don't have any, find them. Mm-hmm. My, mine is cooking. You love it. I, you know, if I will take time, carve time out of my day to go and cook something. You know, something something different, something new. Try try something completely off the wall, and and that you know, I have that with a, a podcast or or an audible book. I can't wait for Andrew McConnell's "Get Out of My Head" to come into yeah. my Audible library. <laughs> I say that because, I'm the same way because <laughs> I know he's recorded it audible so it should come out about the same time as his book does which is 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 just about now actually so yeah that that's just a little plug for andrew mcconnell's book (laughs) Um, heather i love that you brought that up i think that's a great team building too being that you enjoy cooking so much you can do that with your remote employees Mm -hmm. pick a recipe all be on zoom right give them the ingredients they need beforehand and cook together that sounds that that's a really neat idea. I had never thought about that. Yes, yeah, it's just a shame yeah. we can't get to. You know, I, I haven't seen some of my staff for two years face to face. But spin it, spin it into a way that makes it fun and connecting. I had a team that they just made tamales together. Yeah, and one of the head housekeepers knew how to make tamales, and mm-hmm. they have the benefit of being close together. But I think that team building, like cooking classes, is awesome because it's a way of people sharing things that they're good at and other people that may struggle with it learning and that's the other thing is challenging yourself with new activities Mm -hmm. i'm constantly challenging myself with new things which sometimes can be a bit exhausting and i wonder i'm like why the heck am i doing this i am taking voice coaching right now i am not a singer i am not doing it because i want to sing I'm actually doing it because I'm preparing to start doing keynotes and I want, and the coach that I was talking to, she's like, oh no, you need to do my coaching. And I'm learning that I speak through my nose and through my mouth, but not through my chest and through my stomach. Uh And so we're working on that and just challenging yourself with different things to learn. I think that that's a great idea to take to a team. Say, okay, Next month, let's all learn something new and then yeah. come back at the end of the month and, and share that. That, that sounds like yeah. a great idea. So I'm always so already sort of going around in my head how, how we could put that together. So, so that's a great idea. Um, well, and sorry, you can video it and send it right through Slack. Like what's popular right now is rollerblading again. It's a thing. And so maybe somebody picks that. They're like, I'm getting roller skates. They can video it and send it. 
The other one that's just come to mind is that we all have dogs and <laughs> teaching a dog a new trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because all those things can be videoed. Uh, just the, the, yeah, I th- and I think what we're saying here is that the possibilities are endless to actually you know, cre- create that, that team togetherness even when you're re- remote. And of course, even if you're all together in the same place, it works, it, you know, it, it it's works just as well, if not better. Ali, I just want to go back, you know, once again to building resilience, you mentioned a quiz. Yes, how I will send you the quiz. You? Yes. So this is a quiz that basically, it's called the Resiliency Advantage by Al Siebert, and he's a doctor. And I can put that link in the show notes. But uh it starts off by asking different questions, right? So in a crisis or chaotic situation, I can calm myself mm-hmm. and focus on taking useful actions, right? Are you able to do that? And Victor, I can't remember his last name at this moment, he talks about this concept of, and you will probably know this best, that part of where information comes in, and you stop and you think about how you're going to react. Mm-hmm. And then you react, right? It's that stimulus piece of how we respond. Mm-hmm. And that's really emotional intelligence. Yes, and it's, it's about it's choice. We have that choice of how to respond. And yeah, just going back to my dog training. You know, we, we talk all the time about resiliency, you know, creating resilience in these, in these sad animals who've been abused and, and, and have had a really hard life. And it is possible to turn it all around and give them that resilience that, that they never had. So I'm sorry to keep sort of segueing out into this talk. <laughs> But, but, you know, I'm seeing these parallels and, and the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm spending more time with my dog than I am with some of my people. <laughs> yeah, but it's teaching you. It's teaching you what to do with your people. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Okay, we're, we're coming up to, to the end. I can't believe we've gone through the time so quickly. This, <laughs> yeah, I love it when we chat because we're so we're like-minded with these things and and but you know talking to you actually reminds me that i may be thinking these things all the time but i'm perhaps not sharing them as much as i do and i think i think that that is the case with a lot of people you know we sort of we do it ourselves but but we're, we're not walking that talk through our teams and sharing you know what makes us feel good and sharing that with everybody else to ask them what is it that makes them feel good connection 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 i really believe that is the big piece and that comes through communication right mm-hmm. yeah and in the end it's all communication everything we do is communication especially in hospitality yeah exactly exactly we're in that communication industry and and we're we're in the industry of making people's dreams come true and and helping them achieve their lifetime's goals sometimes so so that communication is so important ali just before we wrap up can you tell us a bit more about spark your mind is it spark your mindset it is so i rebranded during the pandemic it was time just for a shift i went through this whole process of rebranding and i did it with amber hurdles program and i loved it right redefined really who i am And 
that is my goal is I want you to think differently. Mm-hmm. I want to have a conversation where like, whoa, I never thought about that. And that is what I'm starting to hear. People are like, Allie, you always make me think. Great. That's what I'm here for. Like, I am just the advocate for helping you think differently and shift a bit. And so I do a lot of leadership coaching anymore. I would say that's probably 75% of my business. And then I still do sales coaching and on-sites and webcasts covering customer service and sales techniques. Been doing a lot of disc sales where we really do a deep dive into people's sales strengths Mm -hmm. and then educate them on how questions are asked and what kind of people those are and how to respond. And then I launched the podcast, Snack Leadership, which I've been loving. It's a 15-minute podcast where once a month I have a focus topic. And so this next month that we're going into is going to be kindness. And I always interview one person on an actual topic. And then I have a separate one that I do myself and I offer resources. That sounds great. I will make sure that you've, I've got those links at the end of, at the end, on the show notes. Or well, I always love talking to other podcasters. First, first of all, you always have great sound. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Makes it easy. <laughs> yes, you've invested in the sound equipment, so I don't have to worry about that. And then, so, and and secondly, you you know what this uh, this podcasting business is all about. And and I think, you know, it's it's great that that there are so many of us out there doing this and yeah. and sharing our uh, experience and you in particular your wisdom on this aspect of of life. So it's it's an ab- always an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate what you do for our industry. And I love talking to you, too. Your psychology background is so fun for me. <laughs> a long time ago, you know. But I'm picking up the books again. Yeah. I'm picking up the books again. I'm getting to that point where I'm thinking I may have some more time for myself some, at some point in the future. So I might start picking you know, up. <laughs> years ago, I thought I'm going to sell all my books on psychology and counseling and psychotherapy. And I'm going to get rid of them all. And, and you know, they're still sitting in my bookcase. There's a reason. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I talk, <laughs> I talk to you because, I, you know, I've had the benefit of your coaching for the last 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will apply it. So, so thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm sure everybody listening has found this really in, enlightening. And just, you know, even if it just takes you to another way of thinking, about yes. how how you manage your staff, how you manage yourself, then I think we've achieved our our goal for today. Absolutely. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much, Ali Camaletti. I mean, we could talk forever on 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 this sort of soft skills topic. We are so much on the same wavelength. I just loved, loved, loved that conversation. And we'll look forward to meeting Ali face-to-face in, uh, I think think we reckon it'll be Vegas. We'll be in Las Vegas in October for the VRMA International when we get to meet face-to-face. That's when I get to meet face-to-face with just about everybody that I have talked to on the podcast over the last two years because I haven't been anywhere in two years and can't wait for, and you know, I can't wait to do some networking and some catching up. So I, I hope you enjoyed that. I personally, I got a ton out of that in terms of, you know, a few little 
she said spark mindset that's the name of her company it it sort of sparked me off it, it a couple of little inspirational aha moments i got out of that conversation so i hope you did too and i'm definitely going to go back to my team and and have a little bit of coaching with them or have a lot of coaching with them as we approach this summer in terms of how we deal with ourselves our guests, our owners, and our suppliers, I guess, and anybody else that comes our way. And certainly, you know, just appreciate how we can manage our communications a lot better and manage how we feel a lot better as well. So uh, that is it for another week. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave me a, and I always say a five-star review because you know how much you love five-star reviews. If you don't want to leave me a five-star review because it's something you don't like, I would prefer it if you just drop me an email at heather at cottageblogger.com and let me know what you'd like me to change about the podcast. And uh, I will respond to you. On that note, I am heading to my email folder because I I keep seeing pings coming in and I've got a lot of response to make over the next uh, hour or two. And then maybe take some time off and go and work my hobby. Go cook something nice. I've got my grandchildren staying with me at the moment. So I think we're on to cooking cupcakes this afternoon. And I know they get incredibly creative with their cupcakes. So we shall see what sort of concoction comes out. So you guys have a great day. Thank you very much for listening. And I'll be with you next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.